I'm Melissa Currens. And I'm Amy Yersted. And we welcome you to the 15th episode of the What Would Alice Paul Do podcast. This show is about demystifying what it means to be a volunteer with the League of Women Voters today. In this episode, we're thinking spring, and that means high school voter registration. We'll talk about the mechanics of reaching out to young people at high schools, and we'll share some awesome resources to take your efforts to the next level. We also share a couple of activist action alerts. Amy, I saw that the National Board has waived PMP for students. They have. I, we, uh, we had it on a board call, and it, we, I, I, it was one of those things I think was like we were tiptoeing, or the conversation was going to be tiptoed, and we were going to come back in April and decide, but uh-huh. we have an awesome board, and we just get, we get shit done, <laughs> so we did. <laughs> I, I, there was not a lot. There was, yeah, it was very, very easy for us. So, oh, good. But the hard part was to decide how. It's actually a pilot project, so I guess it's not official. Official. It's we're piloting it until January 31, 2021. So we want to take this through uh, the, our 2020 celebration for women getting uh, the right to vote for 100 years. But because our membership signups are weird, and we do the to- you know, the tally and all that stuff. Um, whatever, January 31st, we wanted to have a good pilot with um, good data. And so that's why we made it when we did. And I think um, I should have said what PMP was, because I think sometimes uh, in the league, we talk a lot of lingo, we're not explaining ourselves very well. Mm -hmm. So PMP is the per member payment. And that is the, uh, the, the fee that we pay as local leagues and state leagues to national. We'll often pay that fee to state leagues or national league to cover the cost of, of being members of the organization. And so it's really generous of the national league to say, hey, you don't, um, you don't have to pay us this fee for these student members. And I think yeah. it's an investment in the future of the league. That, that's exactly how the conversation went was just that was that this is an investment in the league. So and actually to take the PMP thing back, I think we may have talked about it on podcast before episode, but um, the PMP too is it came back from the 70s. So like before the 70s, the league didn't have a PMP, it was a pledge. And so the local league or the state league would come up and say we pledge to pay this to the to the national. So it's sort of like a franchise fee. Basically this, you know, student fees now won't be part of this sort of franchise fee any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want people to really get out there and, you know, engage young people um, and talk about the league. And we need young people to, you know, we want them to feel very confident engaging in politics. And right now they are um, with the gun campus, gun violence stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they're doing an, an amazing job and so inspirational. And so it's this is a great time for leagues to be out there with the kids and helping them understand like where they can be most effective. And so, um, yeah, I think the timing of waiving or, you know, this pilot project, waiving the student fee is just perfect. Mm-hmm. And the um, just, you know, in case anybody had any questions that the student, um, what a student is, is defined in our bylaws at the national level. And it's a student is defined as an individual enrolled either in a full or part time in an accredited institution. So there's not necessarily an age limit. And I didn't realize it's part time. So that's awesome. I mean, we can't do any of our work if we don't have member dues. And, you know, so we do need that help. But on the other hand, we also really want people to get out there and talk to students. Right. And we want and we want the voice of those younger people. And so yeah. this is one way, this is not, it's not going to solve all the problems, but this is just one way that we can get them involved. I mean, it's really great because 
uh, last convention, we changed the age to join the league officially as 16. So hopefully we'll get high school people to join too and and the the fees waived for them. Yeah, can you imagine if there's like student groups? So right now you'll have like speech and debate or chess club, but if you had a League of Women Voters Club on your campus and it's just kids getting together to talk about mm. how they're going to register fellow mm-hmm. kids mm-hmm. or how, how they're going to talk about, you know, um, college rate, you know, college interest rates or whatever, college loan interest rates. So that'd be great. I mean, I just, what a cool thing. I wish I would have had my own little local league on my high school campus. <laughs> Who knows? Maybe I'd be a U.S. Senator today. <laughs> You're old enough, right? <laughs> I am. As a, you have to be 30 to be a U.S. Senator. So right. yeah, that's whoop. good. <laughs> well, I think they're still hope, Amy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so. I, I, at this point with the money and politics, I'm pretty sure I need to have like a million dollars in my pocket and I need to know a lot more friends that have like $5 million. So right. well, that's we what the, money. that's why the league's working hard. That's right. Yep. That's one of the big ones. So that Amy eventually can run for office. <laughs> for our deeds, not words segment, we're helping you engage the next generation of voters, Generation Z. This group makes up about 25% of the U.S. population, and they outnumber the baby boomers, the Gen Xers, and millennials. So it's going to be, this is a huge generation with a lot of voting power um, and a lot of uh, dollar power as well. And the Census Bureau found that 44% of Generation Z is non-white, more diverse, and it's more inclusive. So this group, according to that same study, found that Generation Z uh, this is interesting, that they're less optimistic compared to millennials. So they share a lot of the same values and traits as the millennial generation, but they're not optimistic about government, like where we're at, where our country is headed. Um, and so I thought that was a really interesting uh, thing to read, especially right now when you think about the kids that are standing up to stop gun violence on their campuses. So they've seen over and over the inaction from our government Um, and school shootings and you know our schools are like you know so almost like little prisons with you know all the doors are locked and there's security and now there's police officers with guns and dogs and it's it's crazy now so there's that but then there's also you know they hear a lot about the income disparity between the one percent and the 99 percent we see we're seeing effects of climate change um you know they see how much their college is going i've heard now that actually college um kids entering college is now starting to drop Um, i saw a news segment this morning about how colleges are actually going to great lengths to make kids excited and like happy to go to college. So they're like actually coming with like the, this little party in your doorstep. Like, it's like almost like back in the day where they came and showed up with a giant check and balloons. Well, now they're just (laughs) showing up with like other fellow college kids and balloons and saying, welcome to, you know, university or whatever, because they know it's going to, it's like, it's so expensive to go college nowadays. They're trying to make it, Hey kids, you really do need to invest a hundred thousand dollars in your future. It's crazy. So I can understand why Gen Z is less optimistic compared to the millennials. So we are going to add an article to our show notes um, about it, a little bit that I had read, because it's it's really interesting to hear this. And when I hear that the kids are less uh, optimistic, I feel like that's when the league really has a place to step in because they feel less optimistic because they don't feel like they have any power. They don't see anything working for them and helping them. And that's where we come in is we show them that you do have power. Like mm-hmm. it's it's there. You just have to use it. You just have to know where you're most effective at. And that's that's civics. It's really good to understand Generation Z because that's who, we're, you know, if we when we go into high schools, 
to do you know voter registration or other activities that's the generation that we're going to be talking to and mm -hmm. we need to understand maybe their point of view so we can talk to them better plus we don't want to look like we're nerds and <laughs> we want to be able to speak their lingo and relate and empathize with the issues that they're concerned right. about and so um, it's it's good to learn about the different generations for well, sure and it's like there's value in their point of view, which not oh. everyone um, might uh, show them that they are valued for their point yep. of view. Yeah. Well, they definitely, I mean, everybody sees things differently. So I think you're absolutely right. You got to, you know, listen to them to see where they're coming from so that we can better understand what they need. We want to talk about high school voter registration. So, um, so Gen Z is our target, but we also, you know, Keep in mind community college campuses, university campuses, um, and you know underrepresented communities. Oftentimes, people forget to do high school voter registration in underrepresented communities. So it's so important to reach out to all these communities um, and help them. You know, understand that they have so much power. They just they just got to use it. And so sometimes we just need to give them the tools um, that they already have. And this is a good season to do voter registration because now the students are more likely to be of voting age as opposed to in the fall. So spring's yep. a great time. Yep, right. Yeah, you, people would often think that the fall would be a good time because the kids are now in high school or in their senior year, they're starting out. But it's actually, this is, this fa the fall is too crazy. Uh, the kids are just getting settled in. And most of the time, they're not even of age to get registered to vote. So it's better to hit them up in the spring because now a lot of them are going to be 17, 18 years old. Um, and, and if you do it in the late winter, early spring, there's not as much going on. So not planning, you know, their college stuff yet. It's, it's a nice kind of sort of quiet time or as quiet as it can be for high school, senior year. I've done a couple, a couple of high school voter registration drives. Melissa, have you done, have you done some? I have not, but I've done a community college voter registration. So the one thing I found out I've experienced with high school voter registration is that it's, it's sometimes harder to break through as opposed to a community college or university because the community college university, it's really easy to work with a student group um, on campus. But with high schools, on the other hand, it's it's not as easy. You don't you don't work through the student group. Typically, you might work with an instructor or a superintendent or principal. And so you have to start early. So we say that late late winter, early spring is when you'll want to be in the school. So you actually want to work three start three months before you plan to be there. And then you want to really be strategic and figure out which schools, how many, how many volunteers are going to need. Um, and then when you're doing your pitch uh, to the superintendent or principal or government teacher, um, you want to be really brief, um, but you want to follow up like a week after you send that initial one. Um, and then if you don't get any responses, which I've I found that this happens because, you know, those teachers or uh, principal, they're they're really busy. Um, find somebody else to talk with. So if you try to get the principal, try to get their staff next time, or get a guidance counselor, uh, or a social studies teacher, or uh, maybe even someone on the school board. You know, often they'll know everybody. So that's another good place. Could be a teacher among your ranks too that could help. Yeah, yeah, yep. Or a retired teacher, they might know everybody as well and who who to talk with. Absolutely. Um, and then when you are doing that. Um, your pitch, you want to make sure that you tell them that you're trying to register all eligible voters. Um, you don't want to single anybody out. This is, you know, we're, we care about democracy. We need everybody voting who is eligible. And I guess the biggest thing with when you're trying to break through um, into these high schools is just not to give up. It's too important. Um, and I remember when I was doing this uh, in Michigan, it was it was really tricky. And I watched these local leagues here in Northern Virginia 
And it's taken, some of them has taken years to create these relationships. Uh, and it's oftentimes it's not just with the school, but it might also be with the Department of Elections because we need to have that extra, you know, legitimacy that we're not being partisan. Because I think that's the biggest fear is that um, some group is going to come in being partisan and um, manipulating the kids. So partner up with the, the government and then work with the school and, you know, just be relentless about reaching out to them. So that's that's how you break through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so when you're breaking through into the school, the other thing that you want to make sure is that you, you and your volunteers know your state laws. Um, I don't know what Ohio has, Melissa. Um, do you have anything sp- specific in Ohio? No. Mm-mm. Nope. Oh, you guys can just go. It's a free-for-all. Everybody yep. can just register anybody, as many no, as you want. No, we, we still train people because we want yeah. them um, – uh, you know, as a representative of the league to know how to handle questions. But um, there's nothing that we have to do to register with the Board of Elections. But if you're getting paid to do voter registration, then you have to like disclose that you were the person who registered them. But you probably have like a certain amount of time that you have to turn those voter registration yes. forms in. Mm-hmm. And do yeah. you have to do a special stamp or anything on the form saying mm-hmm. that you're the league that did this? No. Nope. Oh, okay. So that's what in Virginia. So like every state does it differently. Um, in Virginia, you have to have you if you're a third party, so like the league, you have to get trained. So there's an online training. And then there's, um, you could go to like your registrar and get trained as well. Uh, the online training is nothing. It's, you know, I don't know, maybe 15 minutes. And then you your name is added to an online list. And everybody can see the names on there, which is a little weird. I saw my name. And I was like, wow, that's creeped out. Um, <laughs> but and you have to do it every single year. And then you have a certain amount of time you have to turn those forms in. And there is a stamp that we have to put on the form uh, showing that this was the League of Women Voters. And, and we keep like a receipt. So in the event that there's a problem, they'll, the register would come back to the league. So every state is different. I remember a couple years ago, Florida, they were like, it was getting really scary there. They, I, I can't remember, but the laws were getting, like if they missed a few hours, maybe you could go to jail or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But Every, every state is very, very different. So um, so make sure before you do any voter registration, period, not just high school, but regardless, that you find out what your state's laws are um, for third-party groups. Right. Don't just listen to us. No. <laughs> we'll just get you into trouble. Right. <laughs> for sure. The next thing, so other than training for what your state needs, you also want to make sure that you're volunteers are trained and that they feel really confident going into the school so you want to have someone who's a like a enthusiastic you know great speaker or a couple of them um they everybody should have a schedule they understand when they show up what they need you know if they need an equipment that they need to set out um everything is you know very organized because these kids usually it's it could be 15 minutes is all you have um and speaking of which you if you can get in the school and actually give a, a 15 minute presentation as opposed to being in a loud cafeteria, you want to try to get, you know, some of that FaceTime in a classroom. I remember when I was in Michigan and we did it in during lunch. So it's like three, three different lunch periods in a giant cafeteria. The kids also can leave campus. It was, it was awful. I was like chasing kids down like, hey, do you want to get registered to vote? And, and they're with their, their peers and it's like their chill time. And so it was like, no, why, why do I want to register to vote? And I'm like, because it's democracy. And they're like looking at me like I am a total weirdo. <laughs> Were you wearing your hat? 
no, <laughs> I was not. I was wearing my Super League shirt and I had my kid with me. So <laughs> yeah, I was um, a little too eager. <laughs> but I, I've later learned, um, watching the League of Women Voters of Arlington and their fantastic program that they have, they go and visit all of the government classes, which I think are all seniors, um, and they do a, and they work with actually an organization called Inspire Virginia. And you check online and see if there's an Inspire in your state because they there's several different states that this group is in. And what they do is they work with students, and it's mostly student led, with the exception of one or two staff people. And the students, uh, part of this I think is probably a senior project, I'm guessing, but they they work with the league. And so when they go into the classrooms, it's a league member or a couple league members and one or two Inspire students. And it's just a, a wonderful relationship because the Inspire students, those are their friends, they're their peers. So they are able to talk with the kids and then the league members are able to get all the information, the voter, you know, the form, they know all the questions. Um, and so it, it works great. And then since we have a lot of um, immigrant students in our schools, we don't want anybody to feel pressured or accidentally fill out the form when they're not supposed to. And so the legal actually, and so will inspire students after they do their 15 minute presentation with the kids, which really is more of just a conversation talking about why it's important to vote. And really it's the kids that are talking more about why they think it's important to vote or why they think their fellow peers don't want to vote. So it's actually as league members, it's great to hear this information. Um, but once they're done with their, their 15 minutes in the class, they leave the class, they have a table, and then the kids that want to come and register to vote can come and register to vote. That way nobody feels pressure that they need to vote or, to, you know, if they can't fill that form out, nobody can, you know, nobody's watching. So it, it works out great. And Arling, the Arlington League, they they get hundreds of kids to register to vote every year. It's, it's really wonderful. Yeah, I'm looking at the website, and it looks like they are in a lot in Virginia and in West Virginia and oh. um, maybe some Maryland. So, Oh, that's Inspire? Mm-hmm, yeah, in Colorado oh. and Arizona. Nice. So that's just yeah. what they have scheduled this uh, this month. Wow, that's great. Yeah. So I don't know if they are in all states and just these are the, this is the time that they're active right now, but if, uh, if they're not in all states, well, then there's another opportunity, too, to prop yeah. up some Inspire. And it's inspire-usa.org. Okay. Awesome. Thanks. Yeah, that's a, it's a good one. It, it really does help. Uh, it helps the relationship with the league and, and the school and um, helps the kids. So I, it's just all around really great. The Fairfax League, they're now working with Inspire Virginia as well, and they have a lot more kids in a lot more schools. And so it's it's just it's going to be fantastic. It's it's a very effective way to reach many students and um, and get everybody registered to vote and prepare. Mm-hmm. So, some a few things when you are actually doing your voter registration drive at the high school. There's some things that you want to make sure that you have. So you want to have your registration forms, but some places actually do online voter registration. Make sure that you know that website, you have it up, and if everybody who owns an iPad can bring their iPad, uh, bring it. And if you make a hotspot with your phone, then people can, they can register to vote right there with the iPads. It makes it really easy and it's no big deal to make your phone a hotspot. And if you've never done it before, do that before you get to the school. Uh, make sure you have some talking points, a few key messages that you want to get across. Everybody, should, all the volunteers should have some sort of name tag. Nowadays, when you get to a school, they make you wear a name tag anyways. Uh, have collection envelopes. For those registration forms that you end up using for the paper ones, have tons of pens 
and pencils available, posters, and even if you can get the kids to actually help decorate posters beforehand, letting everybody know you'll be there, that's even better. And to be honest, these voter registration drives don't just happen one time. Sometimes it's the league coming in a couple of times. Come in in the fall, talk about voter registration. So the league has these great pledge sheets and We'll we'll share this on our in our show notes, and you just cut them. I mean, it's just a piece of paper. You cut it into threes, and each little piece of paper says, "I'm committing to vote this election day, so I can stand up for what matters most to me, my family, and my community." And then you put I, and then the, the student will put their name on there, pledge to vote this year, and then it has their email and cell phone. And what's great is that for the follow up, you can easily you'll just take their email and you'll say, "Hey, don't forget to vote." You know, use vote for one, compare the candidates, find your polling location, and it's it's so easy. So, um, yeah, really, really great. They fill out one for themselves. They fill out one for the league, and then you can help remind them to go and vote. You could, you know, have a volunteer text everybody before Election Day, uh, making sure that the kids are uh, remember to vote. So make sure you have, um, you know, these little pledge pieces, pieces of paper out on the table. Have the kids if they can, uh, make flyers ahead of time before you come and visit. Another thing is to see if the administration will put it on the intercom that the league is coming at such and such time. So everybody kind of heads a he- heads up when you'll be there. Sign-up sheets that students can fill out to receive some more information. You always want to have some sign-up sheets. Um, is anything you anything more that you have about Vote Form 1? If you have bookmarks, that would be great. Postcards about Vote Form 1. Um, and then any kind of swag, like Melissa and I always talk about mm-hmm. the swag. We love swag. Mm-hmm. So anything, t-shirts, stickers, candy, if you're allowed to give it away, the pencils I have vote for one. I used to do that, put vote for one on the pencil. So they have that right mm-hmm. in their hands. Bumper stickers. Um, um, yeah. All yep. kinds of, well, I like temporary tattoos personally. I mean, yeah. Tattoos in general would be okay too, but. <laughs> we'll just we'll just get you some ink while you register right <laughs> yeah and you can actually make i just saw you can actually make your own homemade temporary tattoos you just buy the tattoo paper i actually bought some so melissa when you have a visit we should make some yeah and then we'll go to uh, the tattoo parlor there we go or not <laughs> um and then also you want to make sure you have any any kind of uh, information that you have about your state laws um, or county information about the election dates and the rules, about especially about absentee voting. Absentee voting is such a tricky thing um, with students and depending on the states, what their rules are. So make sure your volunteers know all about the absentee rules and then make sure you convey that to the kids. Um, and then the social security number is a big thing. I find that's the biggest hang up when I read a few months ago, we did voter registration to kind of get some of the early the you know, soon to be 18 year olds. And a lot of the kids didn't know their, their social security number. So if you could tell somehow the, they can be notified to make sure they have their driver's license or their social security card before they come to your table, that that would be very helpful and effective because otherwise they forget and then they might not go and register to vote because, it, you know, out of sight, out of mind. Just a uh, heads up, if you're doing um, voter registration at a high school or, or college, you want to just take a look at their form after they filled it out. Oftentimes, students might not realize that county is not country. So I've seen that happen where they'll write the country instead of the, their county of residence. Sometimes the block will say whether they're a citizen or not. Right. So and so to- make sure the block is so tiny. Like in Virginia, it's so tiny. So it gets skipped all the time. So they have, make sure that they don't skip it. So look over that form really, yeah. really close. Make sure they're not skipping any any of the fields that are required. 
Exactly, because otherwise it'll it very well could be rejected. And uh, also make sure you tell them to write legibly. Like it is so hard to read some of those forms, and so uh, you'll have to repeat it many times throughout the day. But ask them to write legibly, because right. if they can't read it, then that you know the information very well could get put into the computer incorrectly, and on election day you know, they'll have a snafu and that won't be good. I, what I do when um, uh, I do voter registration is I have like a discard pile because especially with younger citizens, they might not, uh, they might need more forms and, and they'll have their, their, all their information filled out and they'll have to do another one. So you want to make sure that you protect their information, but you have a place to put that it can get nerve-wracking when you have a lot of people at your table. What do I do with this form? So when you're in the class, another thing I want to make sure I tell you all is that this was so fun when we did this last fall at our high school voter registration event. And the League of Women Voters Education Fund has this, well, this packet we have that we're working from tonight is awesome. It's so awesome. So the staff at LWV Education Fund just did a wonderful job putting this together and we'll put it in the show notes. So we're kind of like going over it real quick, but please print it out and deep dive this thing because there are so many great nuggets. And one of the things that we want to share with you is that there's this awesome exercise and I'm going to read it off, but it's when you see this in the classroom, it's, it is like for league members alone. I mean, it's like jaw dropping and you really appreciate the time you have and the kids that you are registering to vote because it's it makes such an impact. So basically what you do is you tell the kids, you have all the kids in the class to stand up and then you'll ask half the kids to sit down and you tell them that they represent at least 50% of the young people who didn't vote in 2012. And then you ask a quarter of the remaining students to sit and they represent the young people who are registered but choose not to vote. And then those who are still standing are the only ones who have a say on the issues that matter most to everyone in the class, and they get to decide, you know, the policy. We did it. We did the movie. So we had those kids. They got to decide what the movie was. <laughs> um, and it's it just makes it makes it so important when you see, like, this small little group of students standing up who are making the, the decisions for the rest of the class. And we actually – our example was really dramatic. It was all the senior class – so they're all in this big cafeteria. And so when it was basically 11 kids got to decide everything right. for the senior class and we'd all be watching Deadpool for the next four years, it was like, holy cow. Wow. I mean, even, I mean, the teachers, the kids, the league members, all of our jaws just dropped and it was, whoa. And of course, this is after President Trump was elected. So we're just like, Oh, so that explains wow, it. Yeah. <laughs> we need more people voting. But it's such a power, powerful visual. It is. It really, really is. And so our league members are still talking about that exercise, um, you know, eight months later, how how strong it was. So it's, it's a great one. I think you could do it over and over every single year. Um, as long as it's always to a new a new group of kids, because it'll every year it'll probably be just as powerful. I mean, you can even do that if you're doing like speaker bureau. Yep, I think so. I think you know you do it at, if if you're able to have a big group at a community college campus. I mean, it's I I think anywhere. I mean, right. it's just such a it's such a good visual to see that 
it's so important to vote because otherwise it's just a small group of the population that gets to make the decisions for everybody else. And that doesn't seem very democratic at all. Nope. Okay. So the last thing we want to talk about is after, you know, you came in, you worked with the school, you got in the school, you registered the kids to vote. You're going to look through this uh, packet that the League of Women Voters Education Fund um, has created for you. Um, after you've registered all these kids and you've made democracy work, you go home. There's a lot of follow-up to do. The voter registration drive is not over. First, you got to make sure you turn in those applications. Um, and if any of the there's any applications that were some you know problem ones, like you know you couldn't read it or whatnot, you might have to follow up with the student or the election officials. You also want to make sure that you follow up with the school officials and the election officials that were able to be there with you um, and thank them for all the support and the interest. Uh, and get their feedback to see if you could do, one, you can do future events, and two, to see if there's something that you could do better. And you might, you know, need their help for mobilizing those students to vote in the, you know, in the next six months or so. So make sure you follow up and maintain that relationship with both the school officials as well as the elected officials, Mm -hmm. election officials. Um, After you do your drive, before you turn in your registration forms, count how many forms you got because that's going to be good information that you can share on social media or maybe in a blog post your your newsletter Um, that's really great information you want to um, uh, flag any potential problem applications and put them on the top of the pile to discuss with election officials that's happened to me has it ever happened to you amy oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. that's bad (laughs) and then some states allow um, you to gather information from registration forms such as the your the name email address address or phone number Um, you do want to make sure you know what the election law is in your state before you do that Um, you can't solicit them for other things other than just letting them know about election information Um, but you wouldn't want to send them your fundraising letter for example with that oh gosh no, <laughs> that would just be look bad. Right, and and there's even more information in this uh, toolkit that the National League put out and talks about those um, nuances. So make sure you check that out. Uh, Amy mentioned you want to get those applications into the Board of Elections, you know, within the the time frame of the law, and it's usually within a couple days, as um, as I understand it. And then you know, after your campaign, you do want to talk about that you did this program and you want to brag about it um and it gets other people excited about voter registration it makes um, maybe other schools will want to get uh, reach out to you and say hey we want you to come to our school and register our students um, and you want to um, even evaluate your program so you know we can always do better um, i think that is a value that the league holds dear you know ask your volunteers um, how could we do voter registration better at this school Um, what did we do really well what could we fix maybe if we got more funding what else could we do like could we get cooler swag Um, could we get more information out to those who we registered Uh, we could get more information on vote 411 I think we've talked about this a lot Amy about a lot of the stuff is relationship building and so Mm -hmm. how can we continue to have good relationships with the students and the teachers and the school officials I know sometimes when like you might have one um, connection with a teacher or a school official and then they move on to another school and then you you lose that Um, but you know branch out make sure that they it's not you're not just talking to one person you're you know you're talking to the school board for example that they know that everyone knows that you're there 
Yeah. And actually also, uh, I should have probably mentioned this earlier, but invite the press beforehand. And then also you could follow up with the press afterward. Uh, have, you know, letter to the editors, op-ed piece, press release about how you're going to be there. And then if they, if the press could come and take pictures of your volunteers registering the students, that would be amazing. And you could even use that information in your future appeal letters, talking about how the league is making democracy work. Mm-hmm. And you have these fabulous pictures to, sh- to prove that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that would be great. Yeah. And we and, know that students influence their parents. So if you're getting the students to register, they're likely to say, hey, parents, you should register too. Yeah. Yeah, mom, why am I voting and you're not? Right. <laughs> What's up with that? <laughs> That's not good. So it, it really does, um, you know, students are very influential. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. And and they are relentless. So <laughs> they're voting. They'll be like, yeah, mom, you have to vote. Um, another thing you could do, too, is you could celebrate your volunteers for all their effort. And because this is uh, it takes a lot of planning and strategic work to do this many, many hours. So, you know, if you could if you had some extra dollars, uh, you could even like have a big breakfast or, you know, some kind of event for your volunteers before or after this this big voter registration push. So celebrate your team for all of their wonderful mm-hmm. work mm-hmm. Uh, for sure. Um, and then even at their annual meeting, you can again uh, celebrate them for for you know, registering all the students. And, you know, keep thinking about what can you do next semester. And really how to how to mobilize those kids afterwards. Those pledge cards, I think, are really great. The Inspire Virginia and Arlington, they, they have a pledge to reg and a pledge to vote cards, so two different piles depending on the student's age. And so oftentimes the students will, I, th- I think they write their email or phone number, and so, you you know, and you can actually text the kids to, you know, don't forget to register to vote or don't to get, don't forget to go and vote. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, I think it's a really great afterwards because it's, there's a lot more to these events right. than just registering the students, so. You know, when I think back to my high school career, the, the fact that I even knew what the League of Women Voters was, was that a speaker came and spoke to my senior class. And so once I turned 18, I was primed to join the League of Women Voters because of that uh, interaction that I had. So, you know, we're thinking, like, when you go to these classrooms, these students are, um, they are learning about the League of Women Voters. And so they could become members. And now that we have the PMP for students is now waived, we, uh, you can be 16 and join the League. We have a lot more to offer students now. And we really, really want them to come and join us because they have so much, so much energy and ideas and tech savvy. So we could reach more people and make our democracy even stronger with them. So it's a team effort. So like, so we've been talking about this great toolkit. We're going to have it on our show notes. It's also available at lwv.org. And the toolkit's called Empowering the Voters of Tomorrow, Developing Winning High School Voter Registration Programs. And it's in its third edition. So the last time it was updated was 2015. So it's it's really good information that's still very timely. I'm putting on a big voter registration training in a in a week, actually. And I printed off all of the stuff that I found on the forums uh, the League of Voters management page, and it there was I had I didn't even realize there was so much good stuff, which is why I was excited to do this episode because I if we don't share this with you, I think we'll be doing you all a disservice. Everything from checklists to sign-in sheets to the pledge cards uh, and media stuff. I mean, it, there's so much good stuff in this toolkit. So please. Download it, print it, print it to all your, you know, give a give a copy of it to all your volunteers that are going to be helping with you. Anybody who's going to be um, succeeding you later, you know, doing your voter education stuff in the future, make sure they have a copy. It's it was such a good 
a good resource for everyone. So we'll have that. We'll also uh, have some links from nonprofitvote.org. They have great webinars. I think they have one specifically about registering students. So we'll add that as well to our to our show notes so that you'll have the webinar and you'll have the league's toolkit. So this is your activist alert, your peeing in their boots moment. And we actually have three this time because there is so much going down right now. So the first one is we want to make sure that we don't forget about the dreamers. You know, these are these are families that are being torn apart. I just read another story about someone whose who's parents, uh, it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking. It really is heartbreaking that the parents are getting deported and the, the child is here. And so please, please do not forget the dreamers. I'm about to start crying right now thinking about it. It's mm. awful. Mm. The budget. So the budget's coming out. In my Lobby Corps meetings, when I was talking with uh, staff members, this is like the only thing right now that they plan on doing, which really pisses me off because we have dreamers that we need to be working on. Um, but right now, this is it. I think that because it's a campaign year, it, the budget's it. Right, so for Congress. Yeah. For Congress. Yep. So make sure that you contact your elected leaders because they are drafting and passing the budget. And hopefully it's not just a one month thing where they keep kicking the can down. But the thing, the problem with the budget right now is that they're trying to put this poison pill. It's a sort of Citizens United 2.0, which is going to be allowing churches and nonprofits to engage in campaign politics. So it's, it's really bad stuff. It's going to make it even harder for normal people to have any kind of voice. So if you are on the phone doing the deed, talking to your people about the dreamers, please also talk about the budget process and how we do not want a sort of Citizens United 2.0 in our budget. Um, There's a league action alert. We'll put that on our show notes to make it easier for you. They'll have talking points in the phone number. And the third action alert is about gun safety or gun control, whatever you want to call it. I'm not going to use nice framing because I know (laughs) that's all what, what it is, is trying to be nice to certain people who still want to keep their guns so but we do have a gun problem in our country and everybody already knows this and the league is partnered with we have many partners on it but one that kind of stuck out to me was march for science so there's a letter with written with many different non nonprofit groups writing to ask congress to set aside money to do research and to support evidence-based policies to prevent gun violence it seems like a like a no-brainer absolutely no-brainer um, so please reach out, tell your electeds, ask them to support the funding for the research. It's a perfect call because you're going to talk about the budget um, and you're going to talk about not putting Citizens United 2.0 in it. And then you're also going to ask for, please put money aside for researching gun violence. Uh, so we need to, the kids are working their tails off right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they are being strong and, you know, it's, it's so important that we stand strong with them. We need to support them. They're doing great work. Help lend a hand, a pen, and your money, and let's help the kids uh, make their campuses safe again. This is Melissa Currents. And this is Amy Yersted. We ask, what would Alice Paul do? But it's more important what you're going to do. Join the kids. Help them use their voice by getting them registered to vote. Talk with them about vote411.org so that they know where to get their election information. And then stand with them against gun violence because we've all had enough. Until next time.